0: Going to church, I'm going to need some participation from you guys this morning as we get started, and I'm going to ask some questions and like a response from you guys. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is alive? Do you believe that he reigns on high with God Almighty? Do you believe we have a better life in Jesus Christ? And do you love one another? I tell you what, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here today. Go ahead and do that. Man, I am so glad you guys made a decision to be here today as we continue this story, this uh, series. We're going to close it out today uh, called Tell a Good Story. Because church, if we're honest, we've got a great story to tell in Jesus Christ, don't we? And every single day is a call into telling that story. We want to be those kind of people. That people want to be around because of the positive, because of the love, because of the kind of life we live as we imitate Jesus Christ in everything. It's hard to believe we started this series a month ago. And as we started this series about telling a good story, we looked at the stories that Jesus told in his ministry and how they apply to us and how they call us into discipleship. We're going to finish out that uh, storytelling today, and then next week we'll launch a brand new series. But we started out uh, this series talking about how we need to live into the lives of the people right in front of us, just like Jesus Christ did, how he's called us into that kind of life where, where we might have a lot of folks around us, but we need to focus on the folks right in front of us. But we also need to realize that we need to let the Holy Spirit work in us so that he can do something through us that we ourselves need to surrender, that we ourselves need to be transformed and changed into different people so that we can be prepared to tell the story each and every day and become influencers for the cause of Christ. We wanna be those kinds of people. And so today, we're gonna take a look at how do we deal with the crossroads that come up in our life each and every day. When I say crossroads, the opportunity to, to come by somebody in our life and interact with them, intersect with them. And our lives come together, and in that moment is a great opportunity to share Jesus Christ. How do we tell a good story, and we're ready for that each and every day? Because I am absolutely convinced that God places people in our life every single day that need to know about Jesus, don't you? And so our call is not just to let the preacher do it, not just let the shepherds do it, but every single one of us have been called into that kind of ministry Matthew 28, go out into all the world, teach and tell the story, baptizing others and making disciples. That's all of our call into the story. And my guess is you probably had people that intersected with you in your own life that made a difference for you in your life, that changed some of your direction going in life and made you a different person. I'm thinking several years ago, back when I was in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and uh, involved in youth ministry, there was a girl in our ministry, her name was uh, Leslie, and Leslie came into our ministry as a junior high kiddo, and uh, we had worked with our senior high group to really reach down and pull those kids in junior high uh, to, to encourage them and strengthen them and affirm them, and so Leslie was a recipient of that kind of action. And uh, one day I came in and some of those uh, older girls had graduated and Leslie was probably in about the 10th grade and I came in one Sunday morning to teach class and I saw her in the hallway and she was crying. And so I went to Leslie and I said, hey, what's going on? And she said, you know, nobody, nobody takes me to the movies anymore. No, nobody takes me out to lunch. I don't really have anyone pouring into me anymore some of those girls graduated that I was close with, and and I just don't know what to do. And I told her with a smile, I said, Leslie, it's your turn. It's your turn to reach down into those junior high classes and really affirm and mentor some of those younger girls. And almost on the spot, her demeanor changed. Oh, it's my turn. And there were moments in her life early on where there were crossroads and people poured into her and now it was it was her turn to create the crossroad moment and for each of us it's much the same way we've had people that poured into us and now it's our turn to pour into others and show them the love that only jesus christ can can provide and it can be very simple things you might be on the way home and you pull up in your driveway your neighbor's working in the yard And you just spend a little more time out in the driveway talking with them, asking how are the kids doing? How's school going for them? What's going on in your life? How's work? You know, the normal stuff, but where you take time to build relationship. Or maybe we had that recent storm just a few days ago, and maybe you've got an older member in your neighborhood, and you go down to their house, and you say, hey, I'm just here to help clean up the yard. What can I do to help? You're just showing the love of Jesus Christ. Maybe on the way home, you see somebody that's uh, got a flat tire, and so you pull over to help them out. Maybe while you're at work, you notice that somebody that is normally talkative is kind of isolated and depressed, and so over a cup of coffee or maybe over lunch, you are just a sounding board for them. What's going on in your life? Tell me how I can pray for you. There are these crossword moments that you and I get every single day of our life where we get to be Jesus to those in front of us. And that's what Jesus calls us into, to to be wide-eyed, To be ready for that moment to say you know what i want to be prepared to tell a good story to anybody that shows up on any given day in my life because i've got a special story in jesus to tell i mean honestly that's the way jesus operated in his ministry when you look through the gospel account of john it's that over and over and over in john chapter 3 there is a, a ranking pharisee in town by the name of nicodemus who comes to talk to jesus Uh, In the dead of night, he's got some questions, and he comes at night because he's a little worried about what his peer group might think about him, talking to this renegade rabbi from Nazareth. But they have this deep theological conversation about being born again, and what does it mean to, to really serve God? You see, when people are unhappy with their walk in life, when they feel like they're at the end of their rope, when they've got unanswered questions, it's in those moments that crossroad moments can be created And you can be a part of that story. Or like we mentioned last week, John chapter 4, the woman at the well, Jesus meets her there. And they also have this theological discussion about where's the right place to worship? What does it mean to really worship God? And by the end of the story, she's invited the entire village out to meet Jesus. And her life is changed forever. In John chapter 5, there's a guy that's never walked a day in his life. And he is helpless and hopeless laying there until Jesus enters the picture. And for the first time in his life, because of Jesus, he stands upon his own two feet, and his life has changed forever. He now has hope. In John chapter 8, there's the, the, the woman caught in adultery, and those that have caught her have kind of thrown her in the dirt at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus actually gets down in the dirt with her. She is carrying the guilt and shame of her action, and by the end of the story, because of Jesus... She realizes that can be gone, and she's called to live a different kind of life. In John chapter 19 and 11, there is a a plethora of funerals that Jesus enters into, into that somber moment, in a transformative moment in people's lives. And he uses that moment to remind them how much God loves them. He changes their lives forever. That's the call that you and I have into discipleship. It's not that we just go about our day normally. While that is going to happen, we've also got to do that with wide eyes, recognizing the Holy Spirit is going to send you somebody that day that you can enter into a conversation with for the cause of Christ. And that's how we're called to live out every day as a disciple. Well, as we've been looking at these stories that Jesus told, we're going to look at our last one today. It's actually two stories, very short, back-to-back, in Matthew chapter 13. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there with me. We'll be in Matthew 13, and the text will be on the screen as well. But Jesus starts out these stories by saying, The kingdom of heaven is like. And he's trying to compare what it means to live that kind of kingdom life. Now, we know that heaven is a metaphysical place that we're going to be one day. Jesus is there creating space for us and I can't wait to be in his presence. How about you? It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a big party and I can't wait for that moment to happen because we'll know in that moment that everything negative about this life has been gone and we can lean into the love that is God. But it's also any place on earth where we recognize God's rule and reign, the kingdom can be any place on earth as well, where we share what heaven, a little bit of heaven is like. Love, inclusion, forgiveness. So what do we do in those moments when we have those crossroad moments? Well, these two stories, I think are gonna reveal some things to us. So in verse 44, Jesus begins by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hit it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. What in the world is someone doing bearing something that's incredibly valuable to them? Because in our world, you know, if we've got a little bit of cash, we're probably going to take that to the bank and uh, we're going we're to put that either in a uh, savings account or a checking account. Uh, if you go in the checking account, it's probably going to go away quickly, so put it in the savings account, that's more uh, efficient, I guess. Maybe if you've got some paperwork that you need to hang on to, maybe it's a, a, some, some, some legal document, You're, you might rent a safety deposit box and you put it in the safety deposit box in the bank. That's where we store it. Or if you've got a family heirloom, maybe you've got a secret place in your house where nobody else knows to look, and that's kind of where you keep that item. That's what we would do with something we would consider valuable, but in our story, no. We're going to bury it in the ground. It's an interesting reminder of what people do sometimes to gain treasure. Back in the day in Jesus' time and then before him, that's exactly what people used to do. When they heard of an invading army or some bad guys that were kind of in the area, what they would do is they would take the the things they found valuable in their home and they would actually go out to the field and they would bury them or go to the riverbank and bury it in the riverbank or go out to the woods and bury it in the woods because they didn't want anyone else that might be coming into their house to be able to get what they held to be valuable. And so that's what our, our guy is doing in the story. Now, heaven forbid if a war breaks out and you've buried your valuable item and you go to war, you might not come back. And that valuable item is still buried on that piece of property. And that's where we find our guy in our story. He's tilling the ground, he's plowing some things up and he runs across this buried valuable item. And he quickly reburies it and then what does he do? He goes home and he begins to sell off everything that he can in order to get enough money to buy that piece of property. He, he's selling He's selling the the extra car in the driveway. He's selling the extra donkey. He's selling the kids. Well, maybe he didn't do that, but he's selling everything. And his family and the friend group around him are looking at him going, man, are you crazy? What are you doing? You're selling family heirlooms. You're selling things that are very important to you. But he's doing that so he can get what he knows to be incredibly valuable. No doubt people think he's a little bit crazy. And my guess is when you found Jesus Christ, you did kind of the same thing that you got rid of some things that you knew really needed to be gone in order for you to have the value and the treasure that was Jesus Christ. And as you begin to act differently and talk differently and live differently, some of your friend group who knew the old you began to scratch their head and think, what's going on? You're, You're acting a little bit different, but you're getting rid of everything so that you can have the treasure that is Jesus Christ. We would do that, wouldn't we? Trade everything in for a minute to have something as valuable as eternal life? I know I would. Jesus has this second story. It's right up against the story that we just read. And there are some similarities in the stories, but there are also some differences. Let's see if you can pick out the differences. Verse 45. Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. Now, the metaphor here is that the pearl is is the kingdom. He's looking for that pearl. They both find treasure in both of these stories. They discover what they want. And they sell everything in order to get that treasure. But the difference in the two stories is in the first story, he stumbles upon it. He's not looking for the treasure. It just happens. He's living life and suddenly right in front of him is this incredible treasure that's been tucked away and now he finds it. It's an accidental finding. In the second story, the guy's actually looking for the treasure. He knows it's there and he's just trying to find out where it's at. And I believe that when you find yourself at a crossroads, one of these two moments will happen for you or you'll be a part of that for somebody else. It's either an accident or you're just living life, just kind of headed down the road and suddenly you stumble upon the treasure. And for some of you, that's how you came to know Jesus. Spiritually, you might have been interested in, in stories that you heard about Jesus and maybe what Jesus could offer you, but you were a little reluctant on entering into the relationship. You kept the church at a distance. You weren't going to be a part of that kind of crazy Bible-thumping type group, or you weren't going to be in a small group. You were interested, but, but things uh, just weren't moving in that direction for you. So, so what happened? Chances are in your life that you hit a difficult spot that you hit a moment in your life where you felt rejected, isolated, alone, something unexpected happened in life to you. It was a difficult and a bad situation that ended up turning into something absolutely beautiful because you said yes to Jesus in the end. And it might have been a difficult divorce you were going through. It could have been the loss of someone you love deeply. Maybe you lost job which means you lost your house maybe someone that was very close to you turned their back on you I don't know what the situation was but my guess is something difficult happened in life that made you believe there was something better and that's when you turned to Jesus and for other of us we've been looking and seeking for a long time and you found that treasure you found Jesus Christ but you have people in your life that are also unhappy that they feel They feel isolated they feel non-purposeful they're disconnected and in your life you're showing them right here is the treasure it's Jesus Christ he's the answer to every question that you ever had he's the one that's going to change your life for the better he's going to give you life and life into the full one of those ministries here at Crosspoint that uh, does this very well is celebrate recovery and every Tuesday it meets on the other side of this wall in our youth room Ken and Melanie Ertle do a great job leading uh, that ministry. But there are folks in that ministry who are trying to show others, hey, right here's the answer. It's Jesus. And for some of us, we're trying to overcome habits that kind of keep us at a distance from Jesus. For some of us, we're trying to overcome difficult uh, past where we are carrying guilt and shame that Jesus wants to carry for you. And there are folks in that ministry who are willing to walk and journey with you and remind you that God loves you, that he wants the very best for you, that he wants to give you something that you, you've never had before, and that's life and life into the full. But maybe CR really isn't for you right now, and you still find yourself going through that very difficult divorce or the loss of a loved one or the loss of, of income, or, or maybe your, your grown kids don't talk to you as much as that you wanted them to. Maybe you're having a difficult time finding friends. You feel like your life really has no purpose. But church, if that's you this morning, I want you to know that Jesus cares for you. Jesus loves you. And there's no amount of anything that you've done in your past, no difficulty that you're going through right now that will keep you away from him. And he's just waiting for you to run home, fall into his his open arms and know that he cares and loves you very much. But folks in our own life, as we, we have these crossroad moments and Jesus has, has called you into this discipleship walk, this idea where, where we should be talking to people about the, what we found in Christ, that great treasure, that valuable thing that we call Jesus Christ, How do we interact and how do we talk to people about that? I want to give you four quick things before we finish up this morning of things that I think will be helpful for you as you enter into some of these conversations and dialogues. And the first one is this. It's called just showing some interest. Just showing interest in the folks that you interact with each and every day. I don't know if you've ever uh, understood this or or seen this happen, but typically many times in a a group gathering, it could be a small group, it could be a family gathering, uh, maybe it's just a bunch of friends hanging out But there are moments sometimes when people become very vulnerable, begin telling a story. They might become very emotional in the moment. And what is typical human nature in that moment? Let's change the subject. Well, when we go into dinner, I mean, it could be anything, right? (laughs) When's the ball game coming on? We like to leave that. It's very uncomfortable for us to sit in that because we might not have the answer to make people feel better. And I want to encourage you by showing interest, lean into that moment. Don't move away from it quickly. But as a person of God, the Holy Spirit is living within you and will give you wisdom to do what you need to do in that moment. And we end up showing interest in people's lives by asking questions. Sometimes they're tough questions. So why do you think that your kids don't call you as much as you want them to call? Why why do you think she left you? Why, Why do you think You feel your friend group has kind of pushed you away and pushed you out. And there's a lot of ways that you can lean into people and their story, just understanding where they're at and giving them a chance to talk. There's something powerful with coming with questions rather than data. And I'll tell you, church, I have to work hard at that because I'm a a very driven person. And so if you tell me a problem going on in your life, I'm going to say, well, if you'll just do one, two, and three, (laughs) and then move on, right? I've got to work really hard at just sitting in the moment and just saying, How can I pray with you? What can I do for you? Let me hear more of the story. I've got to be more of that kind of person. Show some interest, because the more you ask questions, the more you create opportunity for relationship. And when we have relationship together, we can go a long way. The second idea is this, intercession. Intercessory prayer is incredibly valuable in a Christian's walk. I want you to know that, and we say this often, this is a praying church. We believe in the power of prayer. Prayer changes things. And I want you to know that every single Tuesday, we say this often, our shepherds and staff, we gather together and we pray by name the things that you have told us about. We pray for you by name and the situation going on in your life. We get those Request in lots of different ways, but one way that we do is very easy. The connect card that's on the seat back in front of you at the very bottom, there's an area for prayer request. You can fill that out, drop it in the black box at the back, and I will promise you, guarantee you, Tuesday, we will pray for you by name, whatever's going on in your life. So the question for you this morning then might, might be, who am I praying for by name? Because intercessory prayer is remarkably effective. I've got a good friend by the name of Pat Smith. He's currently a professor at Oklahoma Christian. Uh, But we were together at uh, Aponka City Church that I first started working at 30 years ago. He's got lots of talents. We've been on mission trips together and some different things. One of the things, though, that really impressed me with Pat early on was I noticed whenever there was a prayer request, he would open up his day timer and he would write down the name, the prayer request, and the date that he heard that. And then later, maybe weeks or months later, when that prayer was answered, he would go and he would write that date when it, was, when it was answered. But in the middle of those two dates, he would constantly go to that person. How are things going? How can I pray for you? What's going on? Because that's truly the way it works, right? When we, when we are focused on someone by name, we tend to attend to them a little bit better, don't we? We enter their life and we let them know you're not in this thing alone. When you pray for people, we we tend to check on them a little bit differently. The third way is interruptions. And our life many times are full of interruptions. It's that moment there is an unexpected happening in your life that creates a moment where you can have some life-changing dialogue with someone. And it could be negative, it could be positive. Moments like when you lose someone that you loved very much. when. When there's a divorce that's going on, when, when there's a job loss, or a new job, or a new kid that's born, or a new marriage, or placing membership at a brand new church, these are life-changing moments that can actually change you with an incredible dialogue and discussion. Because when we know somebody needs direction, that's a great moment to discover, hey, this is a great moment to enter into a relationship, a conversation with this person. So pray about it and wait for the Holy Spirit to open that window of opportunity so that you can lean into that life for good. Build relationship. Life interruptions are a great way to pull along somebody and just get to know them and journey with them. And finally, it's just having involvement in someone's life. Just involvement. And that means you're gonna say something or you're gonna do something in the life of this person. And I will tell you, when you make a decision to do this, and you know this already, it can be messy and it can be inconvenient. But we as people of God don't care about those things, do we? Because we serve a risen savior and his death was messy and inconvenient, but he did it for me and you. And so we're willing to do those kinds of things for the people around us as well. Because sometimes, honestly, you're the best person to speak into the life of that person who's having some difficulty. Sometimes you are the answer to prayer. Church, let me just say about Crosspoint, this gathering here, this is a place where you can find hope. This is a place where you can find that second chance This is a place where you can find forgiveness and inclusion. This is a place where you can find family. We're all on the same page at the foot of the cross. We all need each other to journey together. It is no accident that you are here today or joining us online. God has brought you here for a purpose and a reason. And at the end of the day, church, we've all found the treasure of Jesus Christ. And it's our call now to share that treasure with those around us. It's time for us to tell a good story. To remind those folks that we rub elbows with each and every day that there's something better in life. And his name is Jesus Christ. It's only in him that we find hope and love and forgiveness and life in the full. It's only in Christ that we'll ever have the peace that we long for in life. And so the challenge this morning for all of us is that we will be prepared to tell a good story when we have those crossroad moments. That we'll make a decision to lean into the folks who are right in front of us. That we'll allow the Holy Spirit to work within us so that he can do something through us. And then we'll become those influencers for Christ and the cross. We want to be those kind of people, don't we Church. We want to be the kinds of people in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our family that people come to because of our connection to Jesus. Not because we have the answers, but because he's got the answers. And so the challenge this morning is that we'd say yes to Jesus first and foremost. And church, in between services, uh, just a few moments ago, we had two baptisms. And uh, praise God for that. And I know that there are some here this morning, maybe joining us online, you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. Today's the day you can do that and change everything. To say yes to him as your Lord and Savior, to stand with him in his death in those waters of baptism, to be buried with him symbolically, to come up out of that water refreshed, renewed, cleansed, and full of the Holy Spirit, ready to have those conversations that you know need to happen because you have a changed life because of Jesus. Or maybe there are some of us here this morning who, at one time, we made that decision. But the worries of life kind of pulled our vision away from Jesus. We began looking at the waves around us. I'm going to go ahead and ask our shepherds and their wives to go ahead and stand up and gather around the wall of this room so you can see who they are. And as we sing this next song, wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, I want you to know that God loves you. And these shepherds are here to pray over you, to lay hands on you, to remind you that you're loved by God. That Jesus Christ is our brother. He's gone the full distance for us. Your sins are forgiven. Take that free gift of love from Jesus and let's celebrate him right now uh, with this next song. Let's stand as a family of God and sing together.